everyone. Welcome to a handy dandy edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron. We're balling, and beside me, my cohort, he's a little sweet. He's probably bad for you. Give it up for the Brent. Oh, man, Kool-Aid is awesome. Yeah, I know. That's the same thing. We all get to be a hummingbird when Kool-Aid's around. That's true. See, you were mad because I didn't implement all the stuff in the show in the opening. So there it is. I just loaded it down. Listen, <laughs> in case you uh, weren't around last week, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. It's a crazy, crazy deal this week. There's the wheel. And the deal was this. Bam. Uh... There it is. There's the deal. Here's my. Here's what I call this week's show. Bam? Question mark. It's protagonist based on sentient animated objects. What the heck? That's so close to the actual object. Rushi, you maniac. What have you done to us? Protagonist based on sentient animated objects. So when we when this thing honed into view, when this thing came out in the wheel, I was like, man. I hope this never, ever comes up on the wheel. Because I have no idea what this thing's talking about. Later that spin. I was perplexed as heck. And then, of course, sure enough, it came up. Now, listen. You know, normally we'll go into a, 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 a discussion on uh, the topic of the week. Yeah. And this week will be much different because I have nothing to say about the topic oh, of the no, week. Oh, no, I do. There's tons of to say. <laughs> go ahead. This, uh, for those who don't quite understand the subject matter, like my... my my dear, dear co-host, uh, this is when you take something that is not alive, yeah. right? It has never been alive. Okay. So we're not. You can't do an animal. Okay. You can't uh, uh, do you know some kind of humanoid zombie thing. No, this is household objects. Yeah. Or things of the sort that are now the main character in their own video game. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, okay, I've got yeah. I've got questions. Absolutely. Like right now, if you're watching at home, we're looking at the ZX Spectrum release of a Burger King game based on the Whopper. Yes. All right, you play as the Whopper. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah, that's great. But the, the here's the thing: the beef in the Whopper used to be alive. No. So does he count? No, he, he does count because he is now and in in his current state as a burger. Yeah. He is an inanimate object. This is. It's too much for me. Wow, to there you go. These things. I mold around. <laughs> I got some good suggestions on games from people, including what I actually picked was a suggestion, but a lot of people, including the boat, was pushing for uh, Mr. Domino. Nobody stopped Mr. Domino. Mr. Domino, Mr. Domino is a good count. choice. Now, name, say, let's say you name five other games that would fall to this category. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, oh, you mean off the cuff? That's right, off the cuff. I don't Mr. think I could do that. Because uh, this is something that it, it does take a little bit of forethought and research. Uh, because this is not who you typically see as a protagonist in a video game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I would say your most popular is humans or humanoids, you know, aliens, bipedal beings. What about the crash test dummy? No, that would that would that work. That would count. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I, I put the video. I made a video for this because guess what? Newsflash: This is not on any any YouTube video where I can just <laughs> fork it. I had to find stuff, and it was desperately looking trying to find stuff. So I am bread would be a good one. I don't. You know what is that? You play as a slice of bread. That is dumb. That no, sounds real dumb. No, no, see, no, no, no. That's not fair. You play as a slice of bread. Yeah. Now see, hatchers. This actually would not work. Why? Because you are not the hats. You are the character at the top controlling the hats. What about Super Meat Boy? What Super Meat Boy would count, yes. All right, now what because about, he is a wad of meat. And what about the Noid? 
The no, the Noid is a humanoid character. But he's. I mean, but we don't know that. No, no, no. It doesn't. Know. He can be made out of plastic, for all we know. No. We've never dissected a Noid. No, he is a humanoid character. Okay. What about this? Is oil as well? Remember this one? I do not remember this one. This would count because you're, uh, because you're an you oil were, well. You're right. You were playing as an oil well. You can see how difficult it was to make this video. Now, what about Arkanoid? No, your because, old favorite. Because Arkanoid, you are a man in a ship. How do we know that? Because oh no, that's part of the lore. They, didn't, they never said there was yes. a man in this. Yes. What if it's an alien? Does what, he count? No, it would still be a humanoid creature. What if it's not humanoid? What if it's some kind of sentient gas? Well, would see, you just says sentient. So that would so kind anything of, that has intelligence is we can't use? Correct. But, so you have a, you're in the running. But Superman... Now, see, that's a low <laughs> blow right there. That was uncalled for. Super Meat Boy, before the game, you are just a wad of meat. Yeah. If it wasn't for... Uh, some form of divine intervention, you would still just be a water meat. Uh, uh, Mr. Domino counts. He is a domino yeah. that ha that has been given uh, the gift of uh, of mobility and intelligence. Okay, so what about the Barbie game? Based on the doll, is Barbie alive or is that a doll, an animated doll? Uh, it, so this is. I, I think that would. This comes up later. I think that would depend. All because right. if you if it started as a doll and the doll came to life, then yeah. yes, that would count. Like but, Barbie's adventure where she rides, rides horses. Right. Now they've got doll horses too. So what are we looking at here when we play these games? Are these people that look like Barbie but are human or uh, is Barbie a doll? Again, that I you would have to look at the story involved. I don't know if you were playing as a human based off Barbie, or yeah. if you're playing as the actual toy. I see. What about something like Thomas the Tank Engine, where you've got a machine with a human face yeah, wrapped that, on the yeah, front? Yeah, that would count. This is too tough for me. <laughs> These rules are too hard. This is like the Gremlins thing right here. So, Rouge, I hope you're happy for messing with my mind this week. So, but let's talk about this for a second, Aaron. All right, please. Obviously, yeah. your 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 standard video game protagonist is a human. Right or a humanoid, you play as an animal, right? Uh, I think your next tick down would be animal, some right. kind of uh, animal based. You know your Star Foxes, your yeah. uh, 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 geckos, you know stuff like that. Uh, and then you're pretty much left with inanimate objects at that point. Why do you think that there have not been more inanimate objects as heroes in video games? Well, it's kind of hard to relate to them. Okay. Uh, uh, that's valid. So there's that. Also, I don't know. I don't necessarily think these games did that well. There could be but do you do you think that, that that is based off of the game itself, or do you think that starting with a uh, non-relatable hero character is what helped them to fail? I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. I, mean, I think that's I a very case-by-case basis. What about, let me ask you, I forgot a couple. What about the California Raisins? They had a game. No, Raisins were at one time alive. But they were, but they're not, they don't have any intelligence. No, yeah, but no, but they grew. I, I don't know, were the, I, the California Raisins transformed? No, they were just Raisins. So in their universe, Raisins just get up and walk around. Well, I I never really thought about the California Raisin universe. Oh, they did. Really that, they have a whole a universe. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Did you ever think that was odd? Dude. That effectively, old prunes had their own, their own show. 
<laughs> what was going on back in that era? Uh, I never understood that. Let me tell you something. I've seen the, the the Star Wars holiday special. Nothing is really weird to me anymore. What about a humanoid egg that walks around? Well, no, I mean, an egg is still... No, you're all for twin variety. No, I, an, an egg, first of all, an egg is not inanimate. It, an egg grows. But this is an egg. Right. In fact, the whole yolk folk, there's a whole population of people that are eggs. Right. So where do they fit in? Could you have played one of those no. eggs on here? No, no. I, I would not think that would count. Maybe. Because an egg grows. An egg is, is alive. I don't know. I guess. But, I mean, they're not in the game. It's not like the egg is slowly evolving and eventually hatches in the game. That never hatches. They're the yolk folk. They're not the hatchlings. You know what I'm saying? So technically, that would work, right? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. You're too tough. Well, enough of this banter. What? Enough of this. I'm done with that. What? Uh, so we you were, didn't get. We were. We didn't get into the heart of the subject matter. Here. We were t- the heart. What's the heart? Go ahead, get into it. I, I want to know. Do you prefer <clears throat> your heroes? To be humanoid or animal-based, or does it matter at all? For I you? think humanoid. Yes. You prefer your yeah. your your protagonist to be or humanoid. at bare minimum animal-based. I like. But my, you hate I like animal. my protagonist like I like my meat. I want it to be animal-based. You but, know what I mean? But you hate you hate games like Star Fox. I don't hate Star Fox. You hate Star Fox. No, I don't. And you hate Star Fox. For the sole purpose yeah. as you play as animals. I do hate those You guys. have made that argument a thousand times to me, and I've always said you're stupid. Well, no, that, the, I just think I hate those animals. The stupid frog, all those idiots. I don't want to hear that crap when I'm trying to drive a starship. Right? How does an animal drive a starship? Can you imagine how much fur would be in the ventilation system? In a plane? I've got cats in here. I'm telling you, there's no way you'd put an animal to drive a spaceship. I, I can see the benefit from it. Right. They on. sent dogs up into space before they sent they humans. They were driving the ship. I don't know what makes you so sure that a Star Fox is. I'm done with you. So, <laughs> we had a task this week to pick out... By the way, do you like my logo? It's amazing how no, you can't... No, that is absolutely the worst thing in the world. You can't, <laughs> I could not steal a logo that said, protagonist based on sentient animated objects. Couldn't find that one, so I had to make my own. So... <laughs> All that said, we were tasked with finding two games amongst the dozen or so that was that applied to us according to the Brent rule, which can't play nothing. So Brent, what did you pick out that was so freaking great? <clears throat> I went with the absolute classic ma- mascot, the Kool-Aid Man, and I chose his Atari 2600 video game known as Kool-Aid Man. Good good choice. <laughs> they didn't they didn't go too far out of the box on that one. Now, Aaron, I know this is going to be hard to believe, but some people don't know what Kool-Aid is. Uh, really? Yeah. Is that not a worldwide phenomenon? Um, I, I mean, I think in your most first world countries, yeah. probably, yeah. but certainly not worldwide. Because it seems like Kool-Aid would be cheap. It's super cheap. Put it anywhere. Uh, well, Although, to be fair, my version <laughs> would be like cheap Dollar Tree, man. <laughs> You know, because I'm too cheap to buy the real Kool-Aid. I get the knockoff. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to go into that. So, Kool-Aid, for anyone who's not familiar with it, is a sugary flavored drink that you make at home. Uh, normally, you have pouches of flavoring, and then you add it to water and sugar, stir it up, bam, flavored Kool-Aid drink. Although sometimes now they've got like the pre-made sugar and also got the fake sugar so it's healthier for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, what this is from way, way back in the day 
this is a a cheap uh alternative to sodas um and it g gained huge popularity it's mainly targeted towards uh children yeah um and like aaron said in the modern day they've kind of uh Made it into single serving things that you can just dump into a like a twenty ounce water bottle since yeah. those have gained popularity. Um, so all all items that are marketed towards children, of course, have to have a mascot. Yeah, and Kool Aid's mascot is the Kool Aid Man, yeah. which it's one of the freakier mascots. Frankly, in the oddest thing ever, uh -huh. the Kool Aid Man is a picture, a a living picture of Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. Who also carries around a smaller pitcher of Kool-Aid. Who's not alive. Who's not alive. That's right. Presumably he dipped into himself to get that. That's just a guess. I, I don't think so, but you know, you never know. Uh, so when when you've got such a uh, classic, and this, the Kool-Aid man is incredibly famous. Uh, he's put himself into pulp cult. And, he put himself in there? Yeah. Wow. He, by just bursting through the wall. Because yeah. that's his thing, is he will burst into the wall. When you're thirsty. Right. And and, and scream, oh, yeah! yeah. And and right. give all the kids Kool-Aid. That's yeah. that's his gimmick. Yeah. Uh, he has made an appearance on uh, Family Guy as Many a recurring, yeah. Yeah, recurring character. Uh, and he's just, he's lighthearted, jovial, and he has a, an enemy. Because if you've got a hero, you've got to have an enemy. Yeah. And the enemy are the Thirsties. Those guys are jerks. Right? Yeah. And the Thirsties, what the Thirsties are, kind of vary from event to event. Because Kool-Aid Man has comic books, merchandise, oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But the main basis for the Thirsties are there's these big balls of, like, fuzz or, like, I thought they would look like, almost like suns. or something. No, yeah. I think they're supposed to be, like, little suns. Basically, they're they're saying they're hot, right? Yeah. And they had these huge tongues, like lizard-like retractable tongues. Yeah. And what they do is they're making all the kids in the in the world thirsty. Yeah. So Kool Aid Man has to stop, put a stop to that. One would wonder what the long tongues, how what part it played in that. Oh well, yeah, you know, the moisture out of it. Yeah, you know, let's not think real hard into into <laughs> Kool Aid Man's enemies, Aaron. So when you're popular, what? You're, when you're popular, you've got a hero, you've got a villain. You know what yeah. comes next, Aaron? Uh, Video games. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, Kool-Aid Man actually released on two different systems. Uh, he had an Atari 2600 release and an uh, Intellivision release. We're going to mainly focus on the Atari release, but I am going to touch on the Intellivision release because it was a completely different game. So, you are Kool-Aid Man. You... Uh, Start the game, and you are a pitcher of Kool-Aid that actually doesn't look like Kool-Aid Man. It actually looks like his little sidekick, the one he carries around. Maybe he threw it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, this is a single screen game, and uh, you can move anywhere on the screen. And coming from the left and right are the thirsties, yeah. right? They're, they're looking to get some. And... <laughs> what? <laughs> Just the way you phrase that, that's a... At the bottom of the screen is a large vat of water, yeah, which is actually which well, which is, that's actually Kool Aid Man's pool. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. That's so, I did not know that. So the thirsties are trying to drink all of Kool Aid Man's pool, and he doesn't like that. Uh, so you've got enemies coming from both sides, and there's quite a bit of enemies on the screen at one time. I'm yeah, talking, you know, 
10 to 12 enemies yeah. at a time. And they're flying back and forth. And while they're in their, uh, uh, I guess, attack mode, right? Yeah. You can't hurt them. You can't stop them from doing what they're doing. But eventually, they're going to stop and they're going to morph into the thirsties that we're more familiar with and drop their extended tongue into the pool. Yeah. And they can stop at any height, right? Because they're whipping back and forth. So they might stop at, at the bottom layer and there's like eight layers that they could possibly go across the screen on and uh, uh, start drinking from Kool-Aid Man's pool. So when they're in this defenseless state, right, when they're trying to hydrate, that's when you drop the that's hammer. You, so you run Kool-Aid Man into him, bam, you knock him out, you, you, you kill him, you get your score, and you do that until all the thirsties are gone and you go into the next level. Yeah. Now, if that was all the game was, That'd be okay, right? Yeah, that's not bad. That'd be okay. Yeah. But you got to go one step farther. You've got to have the power-ups. And a mix among the thirsties going back and forth, left and right on the screen, you also have power-ups. Yeah. And the power-ups are the ingredients to make Kool-Aid. You've got your water, you've got your sugar, you've got your Kool-Aid pack. Yeah. And when you run into one of these ingredients, you become Kool-Aid Man. Yeah. And your sprite gets about four times the size. It has the animated Kool-Aid Man's face. Yeah. And now you're indestructible. It has the face. It's yeah. not like the face is doing much. Well, it's, it's sitting there. It's happy. Uh, but now you're indestructible. So now you can't. You still can't uh, collect the uh, mobile thirsties, but you can... Uh, avoid their attacks. They, they just go right through you. Yeah. And you always stay as, as Kool-Aid Man for a very short amount of time. Like yeah. three or four seconds. Uh, and it plays the little Kool-Aid Man theme while you do it. Uh, and then your superpower wears off and you go back to the small picture of Kool-Aid until you can get another, another item. I'd wager this is how Kool-Aid Man functions in real life. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, this is probably his day-to-day -day struggle. Yeah. So... When you get hit, you don't die. Because Kool-Aid Man can't die. You're not going to have that. He's not even alive. Uh, no, he is, he's well, I mean, quite alive. Um, when you get hit, you start bouncing around the screen. Yeah. Now, Kool-Aid Man's so awesome, even while he's bouncing around the screen, if he hits a thirsty that is trying to drink, yeah. he'll take him out. Yeah. Just do a little drive-by type style. Yeah. And uh, I like that. It's sort of <clears> like a, a jump man. When yeah. you fall, you can still get a little action. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so when you're bouncing and everything, you can still take out the enemies. But if you hit another mobile thirsty, you'll get bounced more. So you can get bounced a lot. Yeah. Did you get caught in any death cycles when you oh, played yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. You can, especially if it happens early in the round with the yeah. tons of thirsties. Oh yeah, you'll get, you'll take a ride. So, uh, and you also have a timer that you're up against, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it does push the action, yeah. I guess. Uh, the ways to die run out of time. Or run out of pool water. They had to put the timer in there because you could leave like one thirsty and just linger around. Well, until you ate all your water. That would be the glaze. Well, I, know, I guess. Um, that is it. That's the whole game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a high score game. Every time you collect a thirsty, you get 100 points. Uh, you get points for the time left at the end, and you get points for whenever you pick up a power up. The game from beginning to end plays in about. Four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. About that. You're a real stud. You yeah. Can go. Um, <clears throat> it's, is the game fair? Absolutely. There's no 
There's no cheap bounces. Now, sometimes you can get ping-ponged around for a little longer than you think would be possible. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, the game is fair. The controls are tight. They're really good. Um, and it, it, it's a good distraction. It's not something you're going to play for, you know, hours and hours. It's just There's just not enough here. Uh, few tidbit facts. Well, first, Aaron, before we get into tidbits and facts. Yeah. What did you think of Kool-Aid Man? You know, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. All right. Uh, because... I played uh, my game uh, quite a bit this week, and so and I put yours off because I'd played it before. I knew it was a pretty simple game. So right. after a particularly uh, anguishing uh, session of playing my game, I was like, let's try this Kool-Aid Man game out again. And this was like a cool breeze <laughs> on a hot summer day. I've never been so happy to play a game as I was a Kool-Aid Man. You know, there was a trend back in the... Sadly, it's another game. I was around when this came out. I remember the commercials and stuff. And uh, this was that thing where, like, uh, video games had gotten so big that that uh, people were starting to see that. And, and people that were that made products were trying to get in on the yeah. action. The Chuck Wagon got in yeah. there. You know, we saw a bunch of different, like, uh, games, you know, based on various items, right? And so... Uh, you could, and generally, those games had a rep of being that phoned in. Right? Yes. Okay. This game is not phoned in. This is a game you could go out and buy it, and I believe there's a way you could get this. Like, yeah, we're going to talk about free. that. I figured you would. So, if you consider that, you could. This was a promotional item, effectively. Yes. All right. Yeah, I would agree. And if you get this, like, for practically nothing, you. It's not like this. Again, you're right. By today's standards, you're like, oh, this is not much gameplay. By the standards of when this came out, this would have been t- just fine. Yeah. A high-score game you can play. Listen, there are little touches in this that I love. Example, all the Thursdays are different colored. So when yes. you when you get to them and whack them, you become their color because you're Kool-Aid Man. They're they're flavored Thursdays, and you're getting they, you well. Get the I, I, I'm pretty sure you just, the colors change based on what level. You're. Wrong. Okay. Secondly, Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't know about the pool. I just thought it was a, like a reservoir of water, but that makes it better. That they put that in there, that's great. Because now I can see Kool-Aid Man chilling in the backyard when these jerks come around. He's like, I'm not put up with that. You know, the fact that you become a Kool-Aid Man whenever you pick up the ingredients, yep. great. Yep. There's strategy behind that, too. Also, yeah. uh, the fact that they ping-pong it no, so no one dies is great. Yep. Like, whoever sat around and thought this up, I don't, I don't know if you got it, who wrote this at Mattel. But, man, this is the kind of game that you, I can get behind. I was just talking to the dudes last night on TSI. We had a bumper crop of people last night on TSI. We had big chat. And we were talking about these old 2600 games. And I, occasionally someone will come up to me and be like, oh, the Atari 2600, yeah, those games are so old crap. You can't. I would like to smack a sucker when they say crap like that. Wrong! Atari 2600 games, they had to be innovative. They had to pull it off. And this is another one. You don't think much about it. You're probably hearing us talk about it. It doesn't sound as much to it. If you're going to sit down and play this game... I would, every person listening to the show to Man Jack would be down with the Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 100% down yeah. with the Kool-Aid Man. I mean, they, would get the, they would get their 10 minutes of entertainment. And no it's questions. even got the point, because when you turn on the console and you have the cartridge in, Kool-Aid Man comes running through the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He you knows you're thirsty. you got to have that in there. They'd have to put that. Yeah. But yeah. they put it in there because that's what the people want. You give the people what they want. And this is what I wanted. Kool-Aid Man. I loved it. So a few things about this, Aaron. You could, in fact, get this for free by turning in Kool-Aid points. Those are proofs of purchase 
on all your Kool-Aid products. That's a, what a deal. I believe this would have cost, uh, uh, I believe I, I read that it was 125 Kool-Aid points. Um, and then uh, you mail in your Kool-Aid points with a uh, envelope that they ship it back to you in and you get your game for free. Now, 125 Kool-Aid points back in the day would have probably taken you, uh, you know, probably a hundred, probably about $125. Yeah. But you also get the Kool-Aid. Yeah. So if you're a Kool-Aid household, then that's not going to be that hard. No. Uh, second thing, Aaron, did you know this is, and I, it, t- there, I saw there were others that did this, but I couldn't find any game names. Yeah. This game has a pause feature. Oh, yeah? Yeah. If you flip, you know, the difficulty switches on the Atari. Yeah. If you flip the rightmost one, yeah. it pauses the game. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was Innovative. very, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Because this is the type of game, if you've got a good game going, uh, there is no break. There is no hide in the corner well, Pac-Man this, style. After, after they count your score after each level, well, it's a yeah, break. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you can't, you can't hide in the corner where the game can't get no, you. No, I mean I it, could, it's, I didn't it's see all the time. Like that. That's I'll put that. Way. <clears throat> so I thought that was I thought that was incredibly innovative. Yeah. Now, uh, this was not Kool Aid's only product. Like I said in the beginning, there was an Intellivision game, and the Intellivision game took a entirely different approach. Instead of being a one screen game, uh, the Intellivision game you play as two kids making Kool Aid. Yeah. And you have an entire Three-story, incredibly mansion house. Incredibly mansion. <laughs> That's right. And you have to collect the different the different uh, ingredients to make Kool Aid. You got to get your water. You got to get your Kool Aid packet, and you have to get your sugar. Yeah. And you take all those to the kitchen, and you uh, combine them, and then you play as the Kool Aid Man because yeah. as you're going through the house, the evil thirsties are lurking around. Yeah. And this game, if you get touched, you get frozen. And you play as two kids basically walking in tandem. And if a thirsty hits you, you stop. That one of your characters, either the boy or the girl, will stop moving. But you can still complete the game if you can get all the ingredients as a single person. Like you're toting around your dead sibling. You're horrible. <laughs> well, no. no what, you can, what were you thinking? Um, <clears throat> it, it's kind of crazy because there is a... Uh, uh, one puzzle-solving element in this game. Uh, the four interactive elements in the game are the, the water, the sugar, the Kool-Aid, and you have a stepladder. Yeah. So you That's have kids need to play on those. Yeah, you have to get the stepladder yeah. to reach the sugar because the sugar is up on the table. So once you have all the elements, you get it. Then, you, like I said, you become the Kool-Aid man, and then you get to go bash the thirsty. Did you try this one? I've played this in the past. So I I was around again when this came out back in the day. Uh-huh. And this, first of all, Mattel made both these, as I recall. Yes, Mattel they did. Mattel owned the Intellivision. And so when this happened, often they would shortchange you on the port. you know, And they didn't even try to port this to Atari. And so the Intellivision got this more advanced-looking game. Yes. Right now, was it a better game? No. No. Is it a bad game? No. no. I played it. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. I like the uh, Intellivision uh, port, or not port, but version of Kool-Aid Man. But it's not as instant. It's a lot slower. Yeah. I mean, it's just been like an adventure game, an arcade game. And I'll take the arcade game any day of the week, brother. Uh, but this one was okay, too. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. 
Uh, it was it had at the time what I considered pretty good graphics. You know, eh. I mean, uh, in television. It, listen, three sort of. It was a house. It was you different. can tell what the items were, right? I uh, will say the box for it is way better than the box they got on the on the uh, on the uh, Atari version because that's got that big M network crap all over. Yeah, it they did for the Atari. Yeah, and Mattel, like I said, when they made stuff for the Atari, they would often purposely make it suck or make it less attractive than the television version. But I think they were hoisted on their own card here because I think the Atari version uh, comes out on top in terms of the fun factor. At absolutely, yeah. I, absolutely, I would agree. So yeah, that was my take on. Do you think that this fit the subject, Aaron? Oh yeah, yeah. a human Kool Aid. You know, Kool Aid Man is a he's a guy that transcends the, his era. Yeah, you know, because he's still around. I don't know if they do they still use him as a mascot. I don't even know. Yes, yes, uh, he's still uh, a thing. Uh, he, he was always an interesting looking guy. Everyone grew up hearing. I don't know about other parts of the world, but we grew up drinking Kool Aid and stuff. I never ever saw anyone use a pitcher like that to make the Kool Aid. Most people. We just use those plastic, like plastic ones, gimmick yeah. or something. So the, the Kool Aid Man had the extravagant glass, uh, you know, the, holder. Yeah. So which was nice, but yeah, I think this is a great game, a great choice. I was I was down with the clown on this one. Yeah, I agree. Again, this isn't something you're going to spend hours on, yeah. but uh, if you've got ten minutes to kill, it's soup. There's tons of ways to play it on the web. Uh, or if you want to pop it into your Atari, of course you can go that route too. Did you get any reviews, or uh, or can you? Did you see what this thing's going for these days? So I'm going to go ahead. And yeah, go ahead and do the Discord reviews. And uh, I did have eBay prices, but that window got closed, so I will find them again. And I'm wondering, do, do, do you know when they when they shipped this from the Kool Aid people? Did it come in a box, or was it just the cartridge? Do you know that? Uh, well, the cartridge. It was those slim line cartridges, yeah. and I hate. I yeah. think they look ugly. Um, that's, a, that's a Mattel thing, too. Yeah. You know, like well, like you have that. to remember, this also got sold in stores. Yeah. I know that the, the stores had a, a box copy, but I think when you got it shipped from the uh, company, uh, it just came in with an instructions booklet in a sleeve. But don't quote me on that because I'm not 100 percent sure. All right, we got we got uh, uh, reviews here from Pajaco who writes, "Coid Man has roots of a fairly good game, but sadly it utterly drops the ball in one element. When your Kool Aid guy collides with anything other than the drinking thirsties, and this includes the side top and bottom of the screen, he ends up bouncing around with no control until he stops bouncing. But he will continue to bounce every time he hits anything other than a drinking thirsty." which means that from about level 2 onwards, you'll spend more time bouncing than moving. All while your water supply is drained. Also, why is this water and not Kool-Aid? So you didn't get it. Well, yeah, you don't drink yourself. That'd be... That'd there be, appears to be ugh. no way to replenish your water supply, so it really makes most games quite short, especially when getting caught in a bounce loop. The power-ups add some relief, but they move at a speed that it's impossible to catch if you don't grab them as they pass you. Kool-Aid Man came out in 1983, and by then the Atari VCS was getting quite good. So this could have been better. Even for a free game, it feels unfinished. So sadly, this one for me is more of an oh no than an oh yeah. Oh. Four out of ten. Boy, do I disagree with that. Yeah, that's so, rough. That's rough. And I, I, part of the Jocko is usually in the same wavelength. Yeah, you I, just you avoid the Thursdays. That's why you don't bounce around. If you get bounced, <laughs> that's the way it goes, man. Listen, the Kool-Aid man lives in a reality that's harsh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like a fluffy reality. That's why he's, you know, he's a man of, the, of his world. Uh, we also got a uh, look at Koi Man from Adam over to Commodore Chronicles, All right. uh, who writes, Koi Man is a strangely entertaining Atari 2600 title for a very short period of time, 
Though the controls are tight, the pace can be frantic, especially when you get bounced around by the enemy thirsties. It doesn't add up to a long-lasting fun. This title was begging for an additional one or two types of levels. Mattel's My Network was a hit-or-miss developer, but I think this lands somewhere in the middle of these two. For as much as I played this as a kid, it sure doesn't hold my interest at all today. Outside the iconic Koi Man busting through the wall at the beginning, <laughs> that is, I give Koi Man a, oh, I suppose, 6 out of 10, Brent. Well, I so, think that's fair. I, I, that's I fair. actually would rate this higher. I, I mean, I don't know. And part of it's because of what I was playing, I think. But, man, <laughs> I, I, was, I was playing the crap, and, this, and I was screaming at the screen and just having a good old time. Well, you are someone who interjects his own energy into what he's doing. That's true. Uh, yeah, I guess. This, you can grab a loose cart of Kool-Aid Man for about nine bucks. Yeah. Uh, you can get Kool-Aid Man with box and instruction booklet uh, around 50 to 40 bucks. Are the Intellivision ones going for a similar price? Uh, you know what? Let's check. I just keep I just keep hanging out to dry on these prices, though. And I just <laughs> wonder, because it is a different game. You know, and television is it was a cool system too. I, it doesn't get much dap anymore. They they are trailing slightly higher, slightly higher. So, and but you, but you have you, to think that also you've got your overlays, yeah, or, or on your for your controllers and stuff like that as well. So I guess there's a little more meat to the package. There you go. There's no meat to the Kool Aid man. That's for sure. So good choice, uh, the Brent. Yes, an excellent choice for this bizarre category. You know, uh, I reached out. With my hand, you know, look at that, coming towards you. And uh, for help from the community, what do I play here? Because I was baffled, you know. And a lot, quite a few people are like, play that domino game. And I've played that before. Yeah. I want to go I want to go somewhere in a different direction on a machine we haven't played all that much. And so, Happy Coding recommended that I play this game. I don't know if he'd ever played the game when he recommended it. I'm guessing he hadn't. And so, I, I tread uh, trepidatiously into the realm of... Of Bam Glover, Brent Glover of the game. Now, I have never played Glover, but I had heard of Glover, uh, and that was pretty much the extent of it. So, now let's get into it. Uh, Glover, uh, this was that uh, released uh, on the system I played it for, which was the N64, and that's important. Yeah, yeah. Which we'll get into the other versions, but this was released on uh, November sixteenth, nineteen ninety-eight, for the N64. Uh, this was uh, developed by Interactive Studios Limited and published by Hasbro Interactive. Now, this there's some importance here because I've had many cups of coffee with both these outfits during my Barbie days. Uh, they were <laughs> all over the Barbie stuff. Uh, this also was released for the PlayStation and Windows, and there's a browser version. And now, not only is there a Steam version. I've been told, but there are also a re-release of this game coming out through one of these uh, new gimmicks where they buy up these old licenses and re-release stuff to the uh, waiting money craze masses that throw hundreds of dollars at these kind of duds or great games, depending on your perspective. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, the uh, the guy that put this together, the team leader and head guy, was Darren Wood. Uh, he, I looked over his uh, accomplishments. Uh, Chicken Run, he was team leader on that, and he was also a dev for one of my favorite Barbie Horse Adventure games, and uh, he also was uh, the dev for Frogger 2, if you remember that, and Madden 07. We'll come back to why Frogger 2 plays into this. And this was programmed by uh, Mr. Wood, plus a couple other fellows, Steve Bond and Matt Cloy. So, 
what in God's name is this wacky, wacky game, and why does it fit the category? Well, I think we could all agree that it'll uh, fit yeah, the category. Yeah, it definitely fits the category. Uh, you are Glover, a, a, you are a glove, uh, a, a, a gl an animated glove. So, if you watch the beginning of this, the intro, it tells you exactly what's going on here. Uh, you are a glove, your character, his life is a glove, and, he's, and he is part on a magician's hands. And so when the magician's uh, making some sort of uh, stew, some sort of witch's brew in a cauldron, something goes wrong, you know what I'm saying? He yep. pulls a Chad Wilcox and blows himself up. And when he does that, not only do the gloves come off, but he also turns himself basically into like a statue and falls to the floor. Yes. He's boomed, all right? So the two gloves, believe it or not, are named guys. These are named items. Uh, and Glover, uh, Glover is one of the two. Uh, cross uh, stitch. Yeah, no, cross stitch is what he becomes, but the other glove has a name too. Oh, uh, before he becomes evil. Yeah, he actually has a name, uh, a name as well. Uh, and so, um, uh, when you when the gloves come off, one glove flies into the cauldron. That's that's the other glove. He becomes out evil. So I don't know what this guy was cooking. That's when cross stitch comes out, the evil glove. Glover flies out in, into the yard. And then he sees these magic gems that are falling out of the window, so he, tur he uses the magic he's got to turn them into balls, so they bounce. The problem is, when they bounce, they bounce into all these different portals. It's one of these gimmicks. Yeah. You know what that means. you got to go fetch these stupid things, uh, and Glover is a glove. He's going to go do it. And so that's the setup for this game. Now, you're probably asking yourself, it doesn't sound like it'd be much fun to be a glove. Well... They actually instill quite a bit of interesting gameplay elements out of the fact that you're a glove, right? Uh, you, uh, 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 as without your ball, you can you can still double jump and you can pull up on ledges like yep. Lara Croft uh, and jump around. The area, it's funny. This game coming out when it did on the system, it did. It's as a this is a 3D exploration and it's, I would call this a puzzle. Platformer. Yeah. I think that's a safe way yeah, to put it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so, uh, inevitably, uh, when you release a game like this on the N64, you're going to be held up to the standard of the time, which was Mario Super 64. Super Mario 64. Yeah. All right. And this game has Glover has, particularly when he jumps, he sounds just like Mario. He goes, hey, <laughs> he sound, I mean, you almost like they took the sound out of Mario and put it in here. So, there's if you've ever played Mario 64, that's what they were going for here. And we'll get to how successful they were. Now, uh, once you get hold of the, uh, once you get into the game proper, you get the choice of a practice round, or you can play the game. Right. Uh, uh, play the game proper. And there's even time. There's even like a time mode where you can like play these levels, like you know, for telling like you would play Mirror's Edge or something, where you yeah. go to the level for time. I can't imagine. I want to meet the guy that plays that. Well, I'm sure this game is speed round. Man, I would. Well, you know, and maybe. So anyway, this game pretty much follows the standard fare in terms of, of how they've got it set up. Once you start the game, you've got there are various realms that these balls have bounced into, and you've got to go fetch them, right? Now, when you first start the game, one ball is sitting right beside you. It kind of give you an idea of what you're doing. You can take the ball, and you can just walk right into where you put the balls when you get them back, and you've instantly got one ball in. Yeah. That's a freebie, basically. There's also, there's also a, a pipe that leads to the practice area, so you could actually go to the practice area from the main game as opposed to just picking the practice area. 
when you get into the game, you will unlock different areas depending on how many what balls you have stuck into the uh, area that you have to put them. When the balls turn back into gems once you get them back to the main area, right? And you've got to collect them all. The worlds are uh, the Atlantis realm. That's for the very first world. Then you've got the Carnival realm, the Pirates realm, the Prehistoric realm, the Fortress of Fear realm, and the Out of This World realm. Uh, I did not get to any of the other realms, so I looked at them, but I didn't get there. You start in the Atlantis realm. Uh, I thought to myself, this game looks like it's going to require some dexterity. By the way, I played this on. Not only my N64, but also played the uh, emulated version on a, a different controller, and I'll explain why. Uh, so, I loaded up N64, uh, which I haven't used that much, the old uh, multi-card. Yep. Fired this up, had the, that god-awful N64 controller, but I've got a new N64 controller that Boat got me. It's a real fancy one. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Fired this thing up, and uh, went to the practice area. The practice area teaches you the various moves you can do between your mm-hmm. guy, your hand and the ball. The ball is integral to this uh, because you use the ball to kill stuff, to get to different areas. You have to get out of the levels with the ball. Yeah. So you can't just run to the level with, the, with uh, Glover and then leave because you got to have the ball. So I knew I was in trouble right away, all right, because the practice area, I couldn't, I was having all kinds of trouble navigating this practice area because the, the movements of Glover consist of you dribbling the ball, throwing the ball, smacking the ball, and you sort of using the ball to get different places, and you had to put the ball, you had to hit targets with the ball to have stuff activate. Yeah. Yep. You know? And so I, I noticed that my dexterity was not that good. And I thought, and also the, the, the N64 joystick, let's take a quick second here. This thing is an abomination. It was made for one game, it worked okay for that game. But for everything else, it screwed everyone, including all the developers. That was a horrible choice for Nintendo, and I'll never hear otherwise. That joystick is an abomination onto man. Uh, I mean, I put it up there with the television joystick and the clicking joystick. These are horrible stuff. Oh, it's way worse. It's way better than those. And so, and the analogs on them stink too. All right, they stink. They were never any good. And so I had this. So a lot of people I read that had control problems, they were like, yeah. The, our, my Nintendo 64 joystick stinks. Well, they're true. It's true. But I had a better, a much better brand new stick. And I was like, this is, I'm doing horrible. So then I switched over to using the Xbox 360 controller, hoping that that would help. It did not help. Okay, so I've, and after reading and listening to reviews, I've come to the conclusion that this game doesn't control that good. Like, you have to be really be a good hand to control Glover. So aside, when you've got, go to the adventure proper, you have to go from one side of the level to the other. There, I think it's three levels, three three small areas per level, and yeah. then a boss fight, and then a bonus round if you collect all the collectibles. No one got the bonus. Well, round. no, some people <laughs> did. I mean, between you and I. Oh no, God no. <laughs> the the bonus items are these are these cards that have little uh, stars on. They're red, and they're just like they're sort of like picking up stars in Mario or something. If you get them all, you get to get the bonus level. And there are bonus levels between each level. Uh, now, if you play on, also, I played on easy. If you play on easy, they don't. There are no bonus levels, yeah. no matter how many of these things you collect. But if you play on any other level, uh, you can get to the bonus levels. I looked at the bonus levels. By the way, one of them it looks like very much like Frogger too. Yeah. Uh, FYI, so there, that's something there to hang your hat on. Uh, 
when you play as Glover, we mentioned the things he can do. He can also jump up in the air and basically like make a fist and slam down on the ground. So like when you do that to the table every once in a while, uh, to activate buttons and stuff. He can also change the ball into like four other balls. Yep. Including a bowling ball. There's like a diamond in there. There's like a handball. And there's, and of course, the rubber ball in there. Uh, uh, and the balls will do different things. It's like, for example, you can, you can bounce around the rubber ball. You can throw up pretty easily. If you've got the bowling ball, you're not going to be bouncing around that thing. And when Glover has to throw it, it's killing him to throw this thing or, or push it uphill. You know, it's like the old boulder. Right. Uh, so but it's would, way more powerful. Right. You, but it kills guys better yeah. if you can hit stuff with it. Uh, and uh, so you'll use it. It's situational. You know, really, I use the handball occasionally. But mostly I used the rubber ball and the bowling ball. I, I didn't use the other two balls that much. Well, the, what the gym does is when you collect a card, the gym is super fragile because it's the gym you're trying to get back to your castle. Yeah. Um, the gym, if you have it out and you pick up one of the cards, you get double points. And the, the cards score like uh, Ghost in Pac-Man. It starts with one score, and the more you collect, the higher the score goes. So when you're the gym, you're getting double those points, and the reason why those points are important is you get extra men with score. Right, right. You also have, uh, um, aside from picking up these little items and stuff, uh, a lot of this thing is just getting over stuff, getting yes. around stuff, negotiating water with stuff. Uh, and a lot of that entails like dribbling and, th- and being able to time it so when you're up in the air dribbling, you can throw the ball and hit a target or throw the ball up on top of another area. Yeah. I sucked at these at these maneuvers. I mean, it was real tough uh, for me to get anywhere. I managed to get past. The, I didn't get past the first stage. I got to the third part of the first stage. Yeah. I couldn't get any further. Did you have did, so you had similar situations. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely talk about it. Um, occasionally, you'll come across a little like like a basically like a little hat who's called Mister Tip. Mister Tip will give you a tip yeah. in the game. They didn't really go too far outside the realm there on that one, Mister Tip. And his tips are usually, I mean, that's how you learn the game. Like I said, I knew I was going to have problems when I couldn't, when I had trouble getting past the practice level. And I just never got any good at this game. There are several factors. Listen, I didn't like this game. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, the It's two-pronged. Number one, controlling, Mr., uh, controlling Glover is really tough with the ball. This was like, this reminded me of like a super complicated soccer kid. Except that soccer kid in the ball just would just come back to you like magic. Yeah. And this, like, there's nothing more frustrating than getting yourself to a top level with the ball, and then you've got to hit a target on the top, and you throw the ball and you miss, and the ball bounces three levels down into the water, and you've got to go all the way back, and just like over and over. It's so frustrating. So that was part of it. The other part of it is, I mean, I hesitate to hold this against the game, but I'm gonna. The camera. It's the old standard. I had all kinds of trouble keeping this camera in an area that I could that that I was that was usable toward to me. You always are fiddling with the other with the other control to make sure the camera's lined up. You can hit stuff. You've got to line up the camera first when you're in a spot where you. I mean, this game doesn't put you in too many spots where you have to make a split second decision. But there's some, and when it happens, you you're sitting there. You've got to have the camera set up right. So every part of this game, everything you do. Is you getting into position, you knowing that you could actually do the thing you need to do, and then getting the camera into position to 
to where you can see the thing you've got to do yeah. and then attempting to do it. Yeah. And when you screw up and the ball falls down four levels, then it's you doing all that four more times to get back to the point where you can fail again at the thing you couldn't do in the first place. I, I, it, I found this game very frustrating, which is sad because in some ways, I mean, the levels didn't reinvent the wheel, so to say, so to say but Glover's are very coolly animated. I mean, the graphics are okay for the time period. They're pretty good. Yeah. Glover's outstanding, though. He does all kinds of cool stuff. He'll celebrate. He does cool maneuvers. He'll, he, has a, he can kind of smile. Whoever had the job of animating this glove and making it like a character that's not creepy but fun, you know, they did a good job on that. You yes. know, I thought they did an excellent job. Uh, you know, by the way, the other guy's name is Global. No, I found out. And he looks good too as an evil guy. He's pretty good, you know. But I mean, this game is just, it's just a flawed game. And, you know, when I heard about this game back in the day, and I remember hearing about it and looking at the video of it and stuff on TV, and I, even then I thought to myself, that looks cool, but that looks really tough. And so I didn't really pay it much mind. And I think that's what happened to a lot of people. This game I found out this week is almost infamous uh, in terms of its uh, ability to frustrate and anger people. A lot of pundits have tackled this game and dropped the hammer on it uh, because of it, uh, just because of the way it is, and it's it's uh, probably a missed opportunity. I don't know if you'd played this before. What'd you think of this thing? It pains me to that this game uh, was unenjoyable. I'm not. That's not to say it's a bad a bad game. Um, I think it is, but like you said, the character of Glover is has so much character. So much pizzazz. His his little face, his waiting animations are incredible. Yeah. Um he shoves stuff, <clears throat> you can punch, you know, he does he's very well animated and it was very clever to think about how they did it. Yes. Uh also he can cast magic. Yeah. Uh and, and the whole concept of him is awesome. Yeah. It's really, really good. I I don't even hate that the game is basically a never ending uh, escort mission because yeah, that's what I never it is. About it, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I would have been okay with that because the character has so much uh, 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 life and options, and, and and he's just fun. He's fun to control, with the exception of he controls like crap. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate that they had all the pieces of the puzzle there except the one that absolutely matters the most, and the gameplay on this is just not entertaining. Uh, the camera, like you said, is constantly fighting you. Mm. Um, if this was released, if someone had this idea and released it today, it would be a bona fide hit. Well, maybe not today. Today we've kind of went past that. If this was released um, either two years earlier or two years later, where it was right on the cusp, the cutting edge, this would have probably been acceptable. Or two years later, where they could have refined the camera, maybe made this a Dreamcast game or something. But as it is, it's so frustrating that it no longer becomes fun. Yeah. Uh, and the puzzles, I mean, most of the puzzles, at least that I saw, are easy, 
easy concepts. If you need something heavy, you use the bowling ball. If you need a bounce high, you use the bouncy ball. That kind of crap. Um, but it's just the the gameplay aspect of this completely ruined an otherwise perfect package. The sound in this is fine. I didn't think it was anything spectacular. The music's pretty good. That's okay. Um, but mm, I know. Mm, I listen for once. I'm on the same page with you. So it's so frustrating. Yeah, and, and the, I mean, uh, uh, we're watching footage of this now, and, the, and Glover's on top of the ball, and he's riding on it like a surfboard. I mean, they put a lot of thought into this. Yes. I wonder, and the thing is, you'd have to fundamentally change the game, but I do wonder if they had made some kind of situation where, much like Soccer Kid on the Amiga, where the ball would just s- sort of stay attached to you, so you didn't have to go fetch it. I mean, you to, that's the thing is, the way they made they had some choices when they made the design of this game, and the choices were, is the ball going to be something that Glover keeps with him, or is he going to, and, and the, they went with the other direction, and so the ball... You use it a lot to throw yeah. and, and get up different levels, and that's the way they went. But I don't think I would have went that route because part of it, man, it, this game is so brutally frustrating. Yeah. As beautiful as the guy looks, and like I said, the rest of it's tolerable. But, I mean, when you make a game that's not fun, I mean, we were talking about Kool-Aid Man earlier. That's why I was so happy. Kool-Aid Man is nowhere in the same stratosphere as this in terms of the amount of time and effort you put to right. creativity. But it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun little thing. Well, and it doesn't make me not want to play it because it makes me mad or frustrated. This does. Yeah. That's the bottom line on this game. It's, yep. it's a frustrating effort. Uh, even back, of course, you know, these 3D games, the, the awkward adolescence uh, uh, of, of gaming, as, I, as one of the guys I watch on, on YouTube uh, calls it, it's apt, apt description. The, but the, some of these didn't age that well. This one, with the exception of the camera, it's okay. I mean, yeah. I, I don't look at it. I'm not like cringe worthy. It's just, but those cameras, the early cameras, it, that's always a problem in these. Everything from your Tomb Raiders going forward, or you know, even in Mario, it can be a hassle. And and, and the thing is, is the the uh, uh, camera controls that they used, uh, it's probably the best they could do at the time, but they weren't nearly good enough. Now, Aaron, are you planning on talking about the PlayStation version of this, or well, would you like me to I touch did, on it? Did you? I did not play the PlayStation <laughs> version. I thought maybe we played somewhere down the line, but I did uh, read a little bit about the PlayStation version of this, and the PlayStation version was not well received. It was it got well, it got panned. Like believe it or not, people. And I'll get into the reviews in a minute. But people sort of liked Glover and before they did not like the PlayStation version at all. What do you know? It, the PlayStation version of this game is fundamentally broken. And what I mean by that is, in the game of Glover, the physics is incredibly important. Uh, the bowling ball has to have the right weight. The bounce off of the rubber ball has to have the right height because it's a puzzle game. And you're supposed to have to do you know, things in sequence, X, Y, Z. Uh, and if you don't, the, you know, it fundamentally breaks the game. Well... The PlayStation version of the game doesn't have the same physics. The uh, the ball bounces higher, for example. The bowling ball doesn't have the same weight as the ball bearing, the smaller ball. Yeah. Uh, uh, and because of that, in when you're in the N64 version and you're pushing the bowling ball around, it's heavy and it feels heavy. Yeah. Right. In the PlayStation version. It is as light as the smaller the ball bearing. Oh, gee! So it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're pushing it. 
and it fundamentally breaks puzzles. There are tons of aspects of the game where instead of going through the long, you know, trigger the switch sequence, you can literally just bounce over the gate. And uh, uh, because of that, it is by far the inferior version. Because it's just fundamentally broken. Yeah, uh, it, it, that was pretty much the way it was that I, I read it myself. And the PlayStation version came out literally a year later. Yeah. So they had time to, to fiddle with it. Um, I don't think they cared. I think the N64 version of this bombed, and they were like, screw it, just get it out the door. Yeah, you might be right. So I uh, looked into some reviews on this, uh, just a bunch of reviews. I'll start off with a couple of the big names. Uh, uh, Next Gen gave this a 7 out of 10. They enjoyed it. They thought it was quite clever. Uh, EGM gave this a 6.3 out of 10. They weren't as sold on it. Some of the more localized outfits, uh, Freak gave this a 90%. Total out of Germany gave us an 85%. Uh, percent. Uh, and uh, Gameplay 64 gave it 81. So you've got a lot of scores that are in that B to C range. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, eh. You know, it is what it is. Uh, we did get some uh, reviews on Discord as well. We'll go over those. Um so, Pajaco had a go with this. He says, I've had Glover on my play this list for quite a while, and whilst I only had a couple of hours with it, I found, I found coming uh, to it the first time to be a little clunky. But then a lot of the old 3D platformers are, and this one is clearly from a time where developers were still finding their feet with 3D platformers. Absolutely. I didn't totally hate it, but I think I would probably have had more fun with it if I'd played it back with the N64 when it was one of my main consoles. That said, though, I, what I did play... I started getting into, and I think I had, I think that I had more time to play. If I had more time to play, I could come back to this again. Although I think I'd be tempted to get the updated PC version on Steam. So he, uh, oh, he goes on. I'm sorry. Uh, I had a sneaky look uh, through a walkthrough, and I could see some really innovative and fun levels later on that actually looked good. The only thing I didn't get on was having to move in the opposite direction when walking on the ball yes. and water. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We'll have to get in that second. I get mechan—I uh, um, get mechanically while they did it, but it creates a disconnect going from land to water and back again. Graphics and sound are fairly typical for the N64, and whilst this is no rare game, it actually is a good N64 game that you could play through in a long afternoon one day, and certainly one I'll be adding to the collection when I get... Uh, one at a good price. The jury's still out on this one. I don't feel I played it long enough for my score to be fair, but it seems like a seven or eight uh, from me. And he was the only person to brave. I think. Lover. I think if you are willing to compromise on uh, control and camera, this would be an incredibly fun game. Again, all the elements are there. All the elements are there. It's just incredibly frustrating. I yeah. Uh, I won't ever play this again. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it, it, I'd forgotten about the water part, which also that is irritating. There were a lot of just control in general, control camera control. Uh, this one just isn't there for me. And yes, uh, they are real. Uh, release, they have released a Steam version. We should probably get into that real quick. Uh, I looked this up on eBay, and uh, I was then I had to get, do a little digging to see what, I, what what exactly I was looking at here uh, on the eBay score. So this thing goes for pretty good money uh, on the eBay. Uh, but I saw someone taking pre-orders, and that's when I got into this uh, this whole situation uh, with uh, the re-release of this. So uh, there's a uh, there's an outfit, like I said, that, that buys up a lot of these old licenses, and then, yeah. and then basically re they mint out a few 
uh, a few hundred or thousand cartridges to sell at a ludicrous uh, rate. And I saw a preter for one of these. The collector's edition of this coming out, uh, they were asking $190 or best offer. Now, to put that in perspective, you can get the original loose cart on eBay right now for $8.30. <laughs> if you want a box copy, now it's funny, I saw several box copies were going for more, okay? Uh, I completed in box, box copy, I saw a guy asking $110 or best offer, but I saw people buying them for cheaper. Then I saw one of these WADA sealed copies. These are the uh, outfit that grade the game, sort of like you used to do with comic books. Yeah. A wad of sealed copy of this game, uh, they were asking $1,081 for for an $8.30 cartridge. Now, uh, uh, we never talked about yeah, we, like, let's not Let's show. say that wanna, for another week. But I just want to touch this real quick. This same uh, craze went through comic books back in the day, where you would seal the comic books up and have them graded like this. Because grading comic books has been around forever. Uh, grading video games... Uh, to me, uh, is, is especially with this particular outfit, look into it before yeah. you uh, do it. I'll just we'll just go. We'll we'll, we'll leave it, it for that to, for today because we'll, I don't want to get angry. We'll put it that way. Uh, one last thing: uh, there was a, a sequel to this that was uh, earmarked to come out, uh, but uh, because of the sales of Glover, uh, it did not come out. Uh, and, it was mostly finished too. Yeah, it was eighty-five percent finished, and the company that bought the rights to recreate the boxes for Glover, the pre-order people, allegedly are going to finish the second Glover and release it. That's what they say. So, Don't hold your breath. Well, no, I believe them because there's, uh, there's money the, to be made. I, it, it was 85% done. The, I mean, well, yeah, but the uh, the company that, that bought all that stuff is, uh, well, well, there you go. So yeah. that was our look at protagonist. Based on sentient animated objects, what'd you think of this one? Well, you know, Aaron, when I want the white glove treatment, yeah, for my Commodore and Amiga needs, yeah, who do you think I go to? Uh, you go to me with my old soldering iron back at the pad. No, you oh. go with Frank at RetroRewind.ca. It's a good choice there, Brent, and there's a reason why you go to Frank. It's because Frank has literally decades of experience in repair at a high level, the highest level. Uh, that you're going to find to work on your classic Commodore and Cocos, among other things. He, he dabbles in a bunch of repair work. Absolutely. It's not about drinking the Kool-Aid with Frank. He just gets in there and gets it done. Yeah, they, we don't. We definitely don't want to get in the bad side of the Kool-Aid. Frank uh, not only will repair your uh, beloved uh, Commodore items, the Cocos, he'll also help you repair them by shipping you things like replacement capacitors of the highest caliber, Stuff like uh, diagnostic chips to help you in, the, in your efforts. He'll also give you SD solutions like your Kung Fu Flash, your SDC for the Coco. Do you need an accelerator? He's got them. Uh, check him out. If you've got an Amiga 600, he can set you up with a great accelerator card. Uh, he's got a whole uh, swath of products. They're all top shelf. They're ready to go. And once you get your products from Frank and everything's situated, you'll be going, oh yeah. <laughs> Now, with all that out of the way, Brent, yes. tell us what you put on the wheel this week. Oh, God. You're not an angelic choir. I can tell you that right there. The new piece on the wheel is a, uh, it's going to be controversial, Aaron. Is it? Okay. What is it? Amstrad versus ZX Spectrum. I can't wait to hear you speak intelligently on that one. Now that, a lot of learning that, that was an Amigo Aaron piece. 
I want to put them on the spot. Yeah. And then what's our what's the retro rewind piece? And this week? the retro rewind piece this week is the Sega Saturn. You know, we every Amstrad game we ever put on the show we love. Yeah. Every single one. It is. So That's there true. you go. Are you ready? Aaron? I'm ready. Are Fire you prepared? Up. I'm ready. Go, man, go. Woo, look at that Sega Saturn spin. Yeah, I hope we didn't fly out of there. We got Sega Saturn flying out of here. Oh, it almost Saturn does. What'd you get? Holiday themed games. Bam. It's, it's almost finally. like we planned it. Yeah, but we didn't. We didn't, we didn't plan it. It's that's great. So that means next week, Brent, we're gonna be playing games. I'm gonna. You've got to base on Halloween. Games. Absolutely. And no more of this the Simpsons hit and run wow. coming back. One of the stupidest things you ever. Well, no, I forgot about freaking battle chess. Now, Funniest game I've ever played. Speaking of Halloween, in just a few short weeks, Brent, it'll be time for our annual spooky-based one-time-a-year show. That'll be October 28th, about 8 o'clock in the p.m. Ooh. It's conversations from the dark side. They're from the dark side. Last night on TSI, I was having all sorts of conversations with the dark side. There are plenty of people in there. They're locked, cock, and ready to rock. Excellent. To send me uh, all their great sorts of show up live. Uh, we'll be doing conversation with the dark side this year on Zoom. Zoom. Everyone's welcome to come come in, tell us your tale. We'll also be uh, showing the uh, the entire escapade on Twitch, the very channel you're on right now, Mika Retro Gaming. Tune in and watch it now. There are multiple paths to submit a story, a video, or a testimonial. For conversation with Dark Side, the one I would use is email me at uh, argpresents at mail.com. You can yes. go there. You can go to our uh, conversation with Dark Side section of our Discord for a, a whole myriad of uh, different areas that you can go to to send us stories, video clips, anything you want. Uh, if you don't want to be on the show personally, or maybe you're camera shy, that's conversations from the Dark Side, October 28th at 8. PM. That's our big show event uh, this time around. Now, with all that said, Brent, we've also got another show coming up. We probably should just quickly uh, bill, which is Thanks for Giving. Yes. The Thanks for Giving Marathon. Tell them what that is, Brent. Thanks for Giving is our way of just saying thank you for all the support that you've given, not only us uh, and our wacky antics like Boat Fest, uh, Amigathon, but just thanks for being part of the community coming and seeing us, listening to us, however you do, may do. That's right. And it's not about asking for money. It's not about asking you to give to charity, although we'd love for you to do both those things. Uh, it's just about coming, hanging out, having a good time, playing some games. That's right. And that's going to be taking place 9 a.m. Friday, the 25th of November, day after Thanksgiving here, if you're in the States. Uh, me and Britta go get into it. Normally, we lead that right into Amigos that night. So it's a whole action-packed, Holiday of fun. It's like those holiday specials you used to watch when you were a kid. You're like, man, I wish this would last for 8 to 12 hours. Bam! Your wish is granted. Yeah. Uh, and we are going to spin the wheel many times that they make many deals. Yes. Many hideous deals. Deals that can't be mentioned right now. But they're going to be awesome. Yeah. I don't want to give them away because it's Halloween if it's hideous. So, that'll take care of us for today. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank you all, Patreons, all the people on Twitch, all the subscribers. We appreciate all y'all coming in hanging out, spending your Sunday morning with us. Uh, until next week, all I can say is, be a good neighbor, lend someone a hand. Adios.
Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our Vector Style graphics and BarkBit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalgy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Rong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Graham, W. Fetke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. 